They're very, they're very wholesome. Too. Yeah, exactly. Look smart as fuck. <laughs> Hey guys. So we've done this for freaking 32 episodes, and like the next guy should go. Hi everyone. It's good to see you. You might want to say your name. This is, this is Big Mike. There's been no alcohol consumed yet. No alcohol consumed so far. We're still in training. We're, we're yeah. rookies at heart. Hey everybody out there. It's uh, I'm TD Whitman, and. Uh, we're all drunk. I thought we weren't using last names. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> take I take that back. I'm not. <laughs> I'm Mikey D. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Aroni here, and it's cold outside. Yes, it is super cold, and that's what we want in the Olympics. Because if it wasn't cold, it wouldn't be called the Winter Olympics. <laughs> Round robin, real quick. Would you rather face? Would you rather figure skate with a skirt on? No. Or B. <laughs> That's a simple one. Yeah, B. Okay, Big Mike, would you rather go to a bar? Yes. Oh. <laughs> we forgot him. Oh, sorry, Papa Gay, you got to say hello. Hey, it's Papa Gay. <laughs> don't put don't put Papa Gay in the corner. I got a picture of him in the corner. In so the corner, Big Mike. Yes. So, Big Mike, would you rather drink at a bar with a bunch of Russians or a bunch of Canadians? Oh, you know what? I really don't like vodka, so I'm going Canadians all the way. Good, 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 good. TV Whitman, you are representing as a ski coach Papua New Guinea. What is your, would you rather represent Papua New Guinea or Jamaica? Oh, Jamaica Mon. <laughs> like no it. brainer. Like Mikey D, you would you rather have cheese with the Swiss women's downhill team? That's pretty tough to beat right there. <laughs> That's kind of like my question. <laughs> or record a, a podcast with yeah. a bunch of dudes. Or the women's Russian hockey team. Oh, I'm going with the first. A. Hey. <laughs> Arroni, would you rather <laughs> curl with the Swedish curling team, women's team, of course, or with the Latvian women's curling team? Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I know any Latvian women. <laughs> I, and I don't, so I'm going to take the Swedes. Excellent. Gigs, would you rather? You, you can, can hear, hear us, right? Over there, maybe. Right on. Right on. So you have an all-express, complete, 16-day Olympic vacation package. You can either take a playlist of Tom Petty or a playlist of Pearl Jam. What do you choose? I am going to take the playlist of Tom Petty. 
What? Wow. Good job. I'm surprised. Good job. All righty, guys. So welcome. Thought into that. That was a tough. That was a tough <laughs> he question. Was, he took a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Latvian Sweden, Sweden question. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, guys. We are all historians of the Olympic games and we all have picked a specific olympic sport and you are now going to educate us all on that sport and you know uh papa gig you're right there tell us a little about the biathlon you've chosen the biathlon can you tell us a little about that yeah i chose biathlon i just thought it seemed like a lot of fun i like the combination of the of the skiing and shooting and so i've read a little bit about it you know i've watched some over the years so Obviously, it comes from Scandinavia, right? So, uh, you know, when they would uh, when they would hunt on skis, that kind of has a little bit of the roots. Uh, but yeah, definitely combines cross country skiing and uh, small bore rifle marksmanship. They shoot with twenty two rifles. And I want to actually take one of the competitors' descriptions of uh, of biathlon to describe it. This competitor, I'm not sure where she's from, Anastasia. Who's Mina? Is she Russian? Is she Latvian? I'm not sure. But she's from Detroit. <laughs> I think that's from a Disney movie. Um, which is you know, cross-country skiing shooting. She'd say biathlon is a sport that brings together skiing with a bunch of kilograms in your back and shooting with a very high pulse at the shooting range under constantly changing weather conditions. The thing I like about it is when you watch it, you know these people are skiing their you know what's off and huffing and puffing and they just just chill their body out and be super still and uh, shoot five shots at a target. I just think it's a, a neat combination of things. Um, they started in the 1960 Olympics in Squaw Valley. Uh, today, there are 11 events, five on the men's side, five on the women's side. Um, and then there's a mix, actually a mixed relay combining men and women. Um, there's a 10K sprint, a 20K race, um, a 12.5K Pursuit, which is just like a point-to-point finish, because usually they're timing you. You, know, you take your turn, they time you, compare against others. Um, a 15K mass start, and then a team relay. Um, unsurprisingly, the, the Scandinavian countries are really good, but I was surprised. Germany, where are they? Germany and Norway are the top two, if you look at the medal counts over the years. Actually, Germany is number one. Uh, Norway in second, but then of course you have your Finlands and your Swedes and all those yeah, right up there. Um, this year, I was looking at some of the people that we should watch for on TV, and I did not find a single American. Um, I won't waste your time trying to pronounce Maybe we should try to pronounce some, some, some people you guys want to look for. So mark this down, okay? On the west, you want to look for Tyril Ekhoff. Okay, okay. Uh, she's from she's Norway. From Norway. She's, uh, she's the top, top medalist that's returning this year. This year. And uh, uh, look out for uh, Hanna Oberg from Sweden. Sweden. Um, you might want to take her in your hot tub with you at the end of the night. Okay, she's a good skier and a shooter. Men's side, Martin Forcad from France and Johannes Tingus from Norway. I have no idea if I'm saying his name right, but it's a little poetic license. So, uh, some basics on biathlon. I don't know if you need to know more. I got plenty of information, but I want to bog things down. One quick question. You bet. If if there's a guy on my team I don't like, can I shoot him with the gun and get rid of him? No. That's well. That, I think that would count as a missed target. So it's a And also manslaughter. It depends on what country the Olympics are in that year. A bouncy lap or you get time added on. There's this little water ball. They watch the pass. There's a little ring. How much time do you get for shooting a teammate? Is it like hockey, though, where you can fight people legally? Like, shoot at that target, man. 
<laughs> All right, thanks, thanks, Papa Geek. So, Aroni, you you've chosen long course speed skating. <coughs> I I my eyes rolled when I heard long course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to talk about both long and short course because oh, there's not I'm a whole soon. lot. There's not a lot here. Uh, so, with, with long course speed skating, it's done on a 400 meter track, which is similar to what we run on, if you know what a track is, for track and field. Uh, it was started in 1924 with the first Olympic Games, so it's been around since the beginning, um, unlike the short course, which came about in 1992. Uh, short course is done on a 111-meter track, much shorter, much faster. Um, but the difference between the two today is the short course does a mass start, whereas the long course is a time trial. Oh, I, I like the mass start because that's when they bump into yeah. Exactly. There's Elbows. contact. It's Re great. It's like roller derby on ice. <laughs> exactly. It is roller derby. And, and you know what's nice about both events, though? They wear these cat women type costumes. So whether it's Michelle Pfeiffer you're thinking of or Halle Berry, think of those outfits. Because <laughs> that's what the women are wearing. Although the dudes wear it's the like thing. dudes, too. Uh, the yeah. dudes do wear it. And during the, the trials, because I was watching the trials, that's why I, I picked this. The dudes, as soon as they got done racing, the camera had to veer off them because they were just playing with their junk the rest of the time. You can see they immediately went there, like, where's this shoved at now? I gotta get this out. So, so that's what's gonna make this an entertaining event to watch. But in long course, you've got a 500 meter, 1500 meter, 5000 meter, and 10,000 meter um, that originally started. They got rid of the 10K. Uh, and bumped in a 3K, and they also got rid of the 5K, um, put it in a thousand. And so these long course uh, athletes, when you think of their Olympic caliber, and you think about, you know, we know running a little bit better from the Summer Olympics, but they're moving twice as fast over the same distance as runners. So they're, they're moving fast, and it's all about that Catwoman suit, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, and then on the short course. Like show they can, they yeah, 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 so do I. And then, then on the short course, they got 500 meters, 1,000 meters, and 1,500 meters, and some relays. Um, one thing I, I did, so there are some Americans out there that are going to do well uh, in the 500 meter. You got Aaron Jackson. You got Brittany Bowe in the, in the 1,000 and the 1,500. Uh, and then uh, on the men's side in the long course, you got Jordan Stoltz, who's 17 years old, which is pretty amazing. Whoa. Got a young guy that age, and then he's got an old guy with him who's only 35, and but they refer to him as old. That's going to be in the thousand and fifteen hundred. Um, but short course, uh, Apollo Antolono is, is no longer around, and oh, so he at Home Depot. exactly. <laughs> Pat, Pat's home. <laughs> I hope so because the other you won't hear about any other U.S. men in the short course. Dan, uh, uh, where did Dan Jansen fall? Do you guys remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yeah. like his sister died. I think like the day before his uh, his yeah, race, yeah. and then he nope. came back and won. Right. He was in a bunch of games. I don't know how many different Olympics he was in, but yeah, and, was, and he always used to kid. And and until that. Olympics that Big Mike's talking about, he always fell. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the, the, that used to be, like, people used to say, oh, he Dan Jansened it. And it was oh, like, it was just, it was oh, such wow. a, like, a mean yeah. thing to say. The way people are, I heard somebody say, uh, Kyler Murray Wednesday today. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> After he threw that nice pick. <laughs> How about the old guys? Remember Eric and Beth Hyden? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That goes back Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, uh, and then on the on the on the girls' side short course, you got a Kristen Santos and a Mimi Beanie who should do well. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a long course was what I originally chose, and it was typically dominated by the Dutch. So I'm going to share a, a little quote from Nigel Powers. There are only two things I hate more in this world. People who are intolerant to other people's culture and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> to a T. I love it. Face, you wow. chose the skeleton. I Is did. that anything to do with Halloween? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> But I, t- I did choose it on name alone, and I've not nearly done the research of my first two <laughs> podcast mates. So, <laughs> anyway, so uh, so skeleton. I started in the late 1800s in Switzerland. I guess somebody decided that the luge was not dangerous enough, so they said, "Why don't we go head first instead?" <laughs> uh, and it actually became. It was called the skeleton because I guess the early sleds were all metal and resembled a skeleton. So. Um, it was in the Olympics in 1928 and 1948. Then it was removed because it was deemed too dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah, and then it hasn't come back. It came back in 2002. So there was a long hiatus of no skeletons. Um, and now it's back. Yeah, and it's a crazy sport. I mean, it's head first, speeds over 90 miles an hour, up to 5 Gs, which is more than astronauts feel during takeoff. I like that they have this cool little fish yeah. helmet there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and, and supposedly it's it's actually a relatively safe sport because I did Google how many skeleton deaths there have been, and there's been so few that it's not even a recordable incident. There's way more in in, in skiing and other events than than in skeletons. So I like it. Um, it's extremely hard on the body, though. I mean, you literally you can literally only take like I think they, I think I saw three runs before your body's just beat down. No, so you can't go drinking the night before. Well, it didn't say anything about that. It just said you can only take three runs. <laughs> so, I like it. And I, I don't know anybody in the skeleton event on the women or the men's side. So. Well, we're going to stay at... I'm assuming they stay on the same track because we're going to block bobsled with Mikey D. Yeah. Are they the, the, on the same track? Yeah, yeah. They were on the same track, same course. Matter of fact, they're, they're, they're cousins because the bobsled was created back in Switzerland in... Uh, let me get my notes here. In the late late 1800s, and um, they took two skeleton sleds and stuck them together, and they piled people on these things. They didn't have shrouds on them back in those days, and they basically went down the streets of uh, Saint Moritz in Switzerland with a couple people on it, with like four to eight people on these things. We should have worked together, Mikey D, today. Yeah, we should have taken the day off. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they, they, the reason they developed it was because they had these resorts in St. Moritz in Switzerland, and they had a great business in the summer, and then the wintertime would come, and nobody would go to the Swiss mountains because it was freaking cold up there. Sure. So they built these sleds and these sled runs to attract visitors. So, uh, And they used to run down the streets until they had too many accidents and complaints from the people in the town. <laughs> and then they built their own little bobsled run. And um, in 1884, they hosted two different Olympics there on that run. And this was kind of inspirational to the 16 Stones Curling Club because oh. they don't use any refrigeration. It's all natural. I like that. Nice. And they still use it. They still use the run. The same box. To this run. day. Yeah. Well, at least as of 2014, the end of my research. <laughs> <laughs> um, it started, it was the first one in the first Winter Olympics in uh, 1924. <laughs> and, um, oh, I can't forget this. The, the most... Uh, memorable thing I think about bobsled is the Jamaican bobsled team yes, from the 80s. Yeah, cool runnings. Yeah, yeah, had a major John Candy. picture, John Candy. So I think they, um, it was 1988, they were in the Winter Olympics, 
And uh, their big claim to fame was they had the seventh fastest start, seventh fastest start in the in the beginning of the games after only practicing for three months. Wow, that's but awesome. Then the bad news was they crashed on their third run and they didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could do that. We could definitely do that. I like that. And then the other little tidbit I got for you is uh, a little personal touch. My uh, my father-in-law was a bobsledder. No way! Wow. Yeah. He tried out for the uh, Winter Olympics in 1980. Uh, didn't make the team, but um, he was a official on the course, and he also dated a luge. Luge. Oh, oh wow! I don't know any details. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go to the next. I, you know, it's tough. I, I, what is more dangerous, the ski jump, TD? Or the bobsled, or the skeleton. So, what do you what do you think? Because that's that's a crazy one. Because you've chosen the ski jump. The ski jump for me is just terrifying. Uh, so I know all these statistics about the ski jump because it just scares the hell out of me. Uh, so if you've ever seen those ski jumps in person, like if you've been up to Lake Placid and you see them in person, it's really hard to believe that anybody actually does that. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, I, I'm really impressed by it. So, um, you know, not nearly as fast as the bobsled, but I can't imagine myself doing the 70 or the 90 meter ski jump. Those so, are the two. Yeah, those are the two current ones. But I have a lot of history here. Oh, I like it. So the uh, ski jump, uh, the f person who gets credit for the first recorded ski jump in history was Ole Rye, of course, in Norway. Uh, I think so. He was going really fast down a small hill and jumped, and he was measured at 9.5 meters, which for you Americans is about 30 feet. Uh, and... Um, it was first, uh, the first actual ski jump contest was in Norway in the late 18th century and later spread through Europe and North America. It was interesting in my research, I saw that some of the earliest Norwegian ski jumpers actually moved to the United States, but I couldn't find out why. And I think they were promised a happier life and better health care or something. Uh, I think they were misled. But they came and started the program in the United States. And it was interesting, the first it was one of the first Olympic events in 1924 in Chamonix, France. And uh, Nor Norwegians have dominated the sport over the years. And the, the gold and silver went to two Norwegians. The bronze went to an American who was of Norwegian descent. <laughs> and we, like, recruited him. Sure. And that, to this day, is the only American medal in ski jumping. One bronze in 1924, and we haven't come close since. Um, and let's see, uh, Norway leads, uh, overall with 35 medals, 13 golds, uh, Finland is second with 22 medals, 10 golds and Austria is third, uh, with 25 medals. And the most dominant ski jumper in uh, modern history is Matty, uh, Nikonen, who won four golds and one silver, uh, for Finland during his Olympic career. Nice. So, Yeah. It's crazy stuff. But uh, when when they when modern ski jumping started, they actually called it ski flying. But then they thought that sounded ridiculous, so they went back to the term <laughs> ski jumping. Space force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the next flying event might be giant slalom. My big Mike. Why do they call it a giant slalom? Well, uh, like and any, what's a slalom? Like anything else, you know, they had the downhill. 
and it just wasn't enough. And so they said, let's make this bigger and badder. And so what they did was they took, um, and it, back in um, 1935, they took uh, pieces of uh, barrels from uh, wine barrels, actually, uh, and used them as skis to navigate their way down the mountain. All right, so it's pretty precarious. That's not true. I just made that up. <laughs> but, but I said it with such a conviction that you guys were all buying it. Um, yeah. I was thinking of Mr. So, Magoo going over the next. No. Uh, no, it actually... <laughs> but it did happen in Italy. Uh, it, was, it was the first place it happened, and that happened in 1935. So they were innovating back then. Um, and just like I said, they, uh, they, they, they wanted to build on the, the downhill. So, um, giant slalom is where, um, skiers navigate a, 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 a flagged course down the hill, um, at anywhere up to 25 miles an hour, which doesn't seem like that much. But if you've ever stood at the top of a mountain and looked down a harrowing course, you know, uh, there's a lot to that. Um, uh, much, you know, I... <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, NASCAR races and um, other they types go of like sports. Well, they do, but what I'm thinking, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm getting at is, there's a there's a devious part of me that watches certain sports, looking for disaster to strike, um, and this is one of those sports. Um, and so, I, while I don't want anyone to get hurt or die, I want to see like fantastic crashes. And if so, you're if you're in, interested in something like this, uh, yeah, fantastic sport, crashes and no injuries. It's it's the perfect combination of like uh, fast, just acceleration and velocity, and the potential for disaster, uh, which which makes this amazing. Uh, sport. So they're navigating down mountains at high rates of speed, and as you could probably guess, the dominant countries are Norway, Austria, Sweden, and um, and and surprisingly, uh, we do pretty well there too. So look for any place that has uh, mountains, um, except for Tanzania, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> excluded from this. <laughs> but need some snow. Too. But yeah, they need snow, mountains with snow. Uh, but uh, but it's amazing. Highly recommend. Awesome. I can't wait to watch that. Guys, I'm going last, and I'm, of course I've chosen Curling because I am the president of the <laughs> Curling Club, which is the sponsor of tonight's episode. Good job working that in. Curling has been described as the roaring game with the roar coming from the noise of the granite stone as it slides across the I thought, you saw, I thought you were going to say the boring Very game. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> No explanation needed. <laughs> they don't really know, but some think it's the oldest sport around because paintings by the 16th century Flemish artist Pieter Brugel. You got you guys. My, TD, you have one on the wall. <laughs> Absolutely three. <laughs> he was now. This, this is what I have to laugh about. I was like, is you say 16th century? I'm like, okay, so it's like 1620. No, it's the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> but he, they portrayed activities similar to curling being played on frozen ponds. All national and international competition, though, nowadays are all inside uncontrolled sources. So everything nowadays is like that. And it was first recognized as a curling club in Scotland during the 19th century. And then wherever the Scots went, the sport picked up. Because if they came to America or Scandinavia or something like that, 
That's where it came from. Now, the first rules were drawn up in Scotland. They're not as bad as some of those English guys that'll steal your wallet. But you can never trust a Scot. But at least they made the first rules. Uh, they are the rules of curling, and it's called the Grand Candelonian Curling Club, and it was formed in 1838. It was first adopted in the uh, first Olympic winter sports in 1924. Now, a bunch of you guys have said that. A lot of our sports tonight have been adopted in 24. In, I call it Chamonix, France. Chamonix. Chamonix. And they just. Sounds like, um, sounds like a medication. It's <laughs> chapstick. Yeah. They just had men's team. It's a new hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> Great Britain won that. Now, in 32 at Lake Placid, in our uh, backyard, it was a, a demonstration sport. And the two countries that competed that, Canada was the winner of the United States, which probably started the first time we didn't like the Canucks so much. I think. <laughs> That's just me. Now, it took a hiatus, and then in 98 and 92, and then it was added as an official program in 98. So there you have it. That's when it's come in. But of course... Canada always seems to win. I won't even go how many times they won. I don't want to get long, but there are two incredible quotes I found from Twitter. (laughs) And it says, they should combine curling and figure skating to try to knock your opponent over by sliding stones on the ice during their routine. Did I just fix the Olympics? (laughs) Or this guy, and we all will toast our beer to him, it is the second greatest justification for getting drunk in the winter. After ice fishing. <laughs> Question three, Papa Gig. If you could invent a new Olympic sport, what would it be? Oh, I didn't do my homework for this one. Can I go last? You can. TD, what's the sport? Uh, I have two. Uh, one I think would be a lot of fun. and It would really... Uh, I think uh, bring new young viewers into the fold, into the Olympic camp is uh, ice hole escape, um, and that's where contestants walk on a frozen pond and fall through in, and then have to get out. By and if themselves? they, yes, they have to get out by themselves. And if they don't get out, they they don't win. Um, but then I thought the Norwegians will probably still dominate that sport. So I think we should go with uh, metric conversions. And since we're the only dumbasses in the world that don't use the metric system, we're guaranteed to win that because we're the only ones that calculate meters and defeat and all that. So those are my two offerings. Excellent. Uh, Mikey D, do you have one? Yeah, I'm going with um, – I had a couple I was contending, but I'm going to go with pond skimming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I could change. I got another one. Go with your other one. <laughs> how, about, how about shot ski drink? Yes. I thought about Shotsky. <laughs> yeah. Is that a timed event? Or I no? Think, a, a, I think it's a, a time. Last man standing. Quantity. Yeah, last man standing. <clears throat> kind of like Indiana Jones with the woman that had the, you know, the drinking contest with yes. the guy and he fell off the chair. She was good. She Marion. Yeah. yeah. Same, same, same idea. Same premise. I like yeah. it. Our we might have a chance at that. It's dumb Americans. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm going to go with the, the biathlon, but I'm going to change. Instead of shooting, I'm going to bring uh, an element that I did in college where uh, we, we would run a 5K, but throughout the course of running this race, you'd have to chug it six beers. 
So the biathlon is going to be a drinking event now where <laughs> you start the race by chugging a beer and yes. then you go to your next chug stop and you got to chug a beer chug and stop. then then you go to the next chug stop and you got to get your six pack down. Now you don't have to keep it down, but you have to chug <laughs> the beer. And you're on the skis still? Yeah, on your skis. Exactly. It's a biathlon. <laughs> Instead of a cross country race, which is what we did the first weekend of December every year sure. in a cornfield in Shippensburg. We're now going to do it as an Olympic sport wherever the Olympics are held. You could get some good sponsors for that. Mm-hmm. You can make some money off the sponsors. 16 I stones I think so. <laughs> Face, what do you got? Uh, I was afraid that Mikey D was going to steal my thunder. <laughs> but I don't think his was my... I don't, I don't know if his was as evolved as mine is. And mine's kind of, I guess, a biathlon event as well. But I don't have a good name for it. But uh, what I have is downhill, downhill pond skimming. So what it is is the guys would wear... Similar skis to ski jumping, I think. Really long, really fast. Reach speeds over 100 miles an hour. The pond would be like a big rectangular kind of pool. Yeah. But the biathlon, you know, so I got, from what I understand, bi means two. So there'd be two things going on. Two things, yeah. Yeah. So as one competitor is skimming across the water, all the other competitors are whipping snowballs at him. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a, a event to see how far you can go and how long you can stay on your skis. I like so Very good. That was definitely more involved in mine. Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you letting me go with mine. <laughs> Big Mike, what do you got? All right, here's my game. Okay, <laughs> We're on a football field, all right? But the football field is made of ice, and each of the end zones is turf. And it's called... Ice pong. Mm. And so right in front of the end zones, we would set up holes in the ice uh, as if we were on a lake uh, deep enough so that when we chip the balls or kick the balls into the hole, so that would be the aim, right? So that the goal would be to kick the ball into the hole in the same style that uh, beer pong would, would happen. Oh. Um, and so they'd be set up in a pyramid. You'd have nine holes that you'd have to try and get in. And um, and that would be it. It's, it's a game you can really drink while you're doing, I guess, in the Olympics. Uh, that's probably frowned upon. But um, but something you could definitely practice a lot. Um, and that's my that's my game. I was going to say broom ball, but I think broom ball exists. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like hockey. Uh, but uh, but I think I think I, this thing's got legs. I'm going to bring back a short track speed skating but you're gonna have just like barrel i know if you've been to a rodeo you're gonna put three barrels and you gotta <laughs> come out of the chute and you gotta go around one and then the other and the other and then finish and there's gonna be a lot of falling nice <laughs> you have to be good like you have to pull and you can't touch the barrel you can't hold on to it what kind of skates is it hockey skates is it speed skates speed skates? skates yeah, yeah. Or you can probably, it's probably a new skate we could design it and make money off it so it's not a speed skate it's short it's like a hockey skate but it is a speed skate yeah let's right. put put that on a list of things we haven't done <laughs> does it have a toe pick it's growing there's no toe pick at all <laughs> There's no difference. And you got oh, multiple we got a, competitors on the course. Right? Right. I think, I think Giggs is ready. Okay, I got mine. Let me go with some ice, ice biking. biking. Um, we might oh, take ours, ours, our long track, track speed, speed, speed skating rink, and we're going to have, gonna have spikes, spikes on our wheels, and we're just going to go balls out and do some ice biking. Nice. Nice, nice. Nice. Good. And R, we can wear those suits if you want to wear those suits. I love those suits. All right, so next question, guys. Number four, uh, Marianne and Ginger, 
What sport? They're back. <laughs> they're back. Uh, would they excel at? And I'll go first. And I'd just like to see them both uh, figure skating. You know, the fancy dresses and the twirls and, the, and stuff like that. It's plain and simple. Okay. You don't have to create a new sport. They can do whatever. Face, what do you got? Well, I guess, I, I guess I'll have to piggyback off that because that's about all that's I could. you chose to? Well, but I did some research. So Whoa. what I would say <laughs> is I... And maybe it's a new event, but it would be same-sex pairs figure stating. Oh. Ginger's 5'9", Marianne's only 5'4". Sure. So uh, Marianne would be the one tw- getting twirled in the air and doing all, nice. the, all that kind of stuff. So I think like both it. of them together would be a hit. I would watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> you have watched that, I'm sure, in your head many times. <laughs> uh, I'm going beach volleyball, <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. Um, because you know, this is is winter Olympics, but here's the thing, Mike, snow covered beach. Here's the thing. So, I mean, they're going to be scantily clad and they're going to need to keep warm. So they'll probably (laughs) snuggle a little bit with each other. (laughs) And, uh, and that's the sport. It's go. So it's kind of like beach volleyball turns into Marianne and ginger snuggling. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two different sports here. Um, I'm going to say Marianne curling because, uh, we are fans of Marianne, and she can hang out with us at 16 Stones Curling Club <laughs> anytime. And uh, Ginger's ice dancing because um, those are both pretty worthless. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey D, I, I don't have any good sports. I think you guys took them all. I got nothing. I got nothing. Probably game. I'm the same as you, Pat. I thought automatically... Uh, Marianne with figure skating, but I'm gonna try Marianne. We're gonna train her a little bit. She's gonna do that snow cross. She's gonna, yeah, get a little aggressive and get on that snowboard and just be burning through the course and do some race. And I think we could, with her proper training, her build, she's gonna be short and, and uh, you know, sturdy, but I think she's gonna do all right at snow cross with the proper training. It was so nice. Like, is she gonna elbow somebody out of the way? Uh, she's just gonna be fast. She's just gonna be that little fast one. She's gonna go at it. <laughs> or, Roni, what do you got? Well, I agree with Big Mike that Ginger's definitely a, a volleyball player. You know, like I can see her <laughs> slapping some butts out on the sand court. Right. That's a summer, that's a Thank you for game. validating me, R. You're I appreciate welcome. it. But this is winter, so it's I, I imagine that Marianne, you know, on the farm she used a gun, so I'm going to go biathlon with her. Yeah. I think she can shoot a gun, and you know she can, you know, she's got a work ethic working on the farm. She can, you know, get those skis going. So that's, in that that's, sport, R, like if she got to. Like the shooting area, and someone was in our way. Can you take the the gun stock of a gun and pop somebody in the head and get them out of the way? If you don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot about it, and I did not see that as a rule violation. So, <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, does anyone have a, a memorable Winter Olympic story on your brain, Mikey D? Yeah, I got a little story I can share. It's not necessarily Olympic, but it's winter sport related. So um, you talked about skeleton earlier. So my brother-in-law, my father-in-law's son, my father-in-law who's the bobsledder, my my brother-in-law actually got into skeleton. And he did uh, some circuit out in the the, um, in European, the World Cup circuit. He he actually tried out for the Olympics, placed 20th in the World World Cups. what else do I have about? It? Oh, the other thing was cool. He, um, <laughs> this was in like the late '80s, um, actually early '90s. I'm sorry. And then um, we got married in August of '95, and our reception was at this like um, bed and breakfast out in the country. There was like a little round circular driveway, and 
there was pandemonium going on. We had a lot of beer and stuff. Yeah. And one of the things he did was he got his his summer trainer. So it was basically like a, a you know what a creeper is under the yeah. car. Well, yeah. it's like that, but they use it on the courses to train in skeleton and skeleton on like on like hard surfaces. So, so he was out there on this driveway going around in circles on a skeleton trainer during our wedding reception. Nice. Wow. Nice. Awesome. Roni, any stories? I, I've got two that came to mind. The first is uh, Big Mike and I went to high school, I think, with a girl named Potter, who was a uh, downhill skier. Amy Potter, yeah. yeah. And I think she, she didn't she qualify for the Olympic trials? She did, yeah. She, so that, it was like a lifestyle for her. She grew yes. up, she was the kind of kid who like missed school because she was always skiing. Yeah, she was yeah. hardcore. Yeah, so that, that was my first one. And then my second one was taking me back to the age of 12, 1988. And I, I don't know why it popped in my head, but I remember this German figure skater named Katarina Vick. Wait. <laughs> oh, um, that just yeah. made it like, yeah. boom. Like, I don't know why. You know, it just popped in my Maybe head. Maybe it's because she looked like Brooke Shields. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that, that probably was it. So. <laughs> <laughs> my two thoughts. <laughs> um, TD. So, uh, 1980, uh, my dad... Um, who I didn't grow up with, uh, was uh, very excited to tell me that he got tickets to several events uh, at the Lake Placid Olympics. And um, so, you know, my dad always tried really hard, but never really got anything totally right. Uh, and he had tickets for the final game of the hockey tournament, uh, which ended up being the United States and Finland. And if the U.S. won or tied that game, they won the gold medal. Not the miracle on ice. That was the that was the game before. Sure. Uh, but the final game, the game after that, and all the U.S. had to do was was win or tie with Finland, and they win the gold. Uh, but he missed it because he stayed really, really far out from Lake Placid in a cheap motel, and got stuck in a traffic jam and never got there. So he didn't get to see the U.S. Uh, win the gold medal. Um, he did, however, get to see the bobsled competition, men's and women's downhill skiing events, and, and he got to see two of Eric Hyden's five gold medal wins in speed skating that year, which is pretty cool. Uh, he also bought me a really cool T-shirt that got me a lot of street cred as a kid in California <laughs> that I left at the pool or something. And, and uh, But years later... In July of 2020, Patty C. tried to get me a replacement in Lake Placid, but he got kind of detoured at the zigzag bar, and it never happened. Crazy. It was the COVID, and you had to buy food, and, and I got stuck in, you know, in the chair. Was, I had 25 cents because that's what the food was. But they were like, if you leave, you can't come back in, and then I couldn't go to the museum. Yeah. <laughs> so he tried really hard, but he just couldn't. He just couldn't make it happen. Sorry, sorry, Papa Giggs. You have any stories? Couple. I don't know that I was. I wasn't gonna tell my Dorothy Hamill crush when I was nine years old in '76 until R brought up uh, uh, Kenry Evett. But you guys remember that Dorothy Hamill hairdo in '76? Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking like '88 Olympics. Uh, Alberto Tamba. That was his first great Olympics, and I was only skiing a couple of years then. And I was up with, uh, well, she's now my wife and a friend up at uh, Blue Mountain and good old Burma Road. You know, usually we start out in Burma Road, especially in those days when there's no base at the bottom. And I just went flying my first run and trying to channel my inner Alberto Tomba with nothing like his skills. And familiar Burma Road, all those turns, and I hit the one turn way too hard. I lost my edge and I disappeared underneath the uh, the little, you know, the, the barrier on the side and uh, 
yeah, they were a little worried where I was, but luckily I grabbed a tree as I was coming down the other side and grabbed some onto something. And I, I did all right, but uh, they were uh, they were really worried. I thought it was kind of fun because uh, the ending wasn't too bad, but I just disappeared underneath that barrier channel in Alberto Tamba because um, he was uh, he was a fun he was a fun guy to watch. Yeah, he was. He was. Face, what do you got? Anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, I think it was it was 1984. I think it was Sarajevo. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it was, yeah, Phil and Steve Mayer, uh, being a twin myself, I was 15, really just started to ski, and it was just amazing that these two guys, yeah, you know, I don't know how many minutes apart that they were born, could do as well as they were doing, and I remember Phil was much, much better than Steve, much higher ranked, and he was expected to do something, you know, pretty good, and I think Steve was leading after the first, after the first run in slalom. And he made a couple of mistakes in the second, and Phil was able, able to overtake and win, and, and win. So for, for two twins to come in first and second, yeah. and then I did my some research, only four Americans have ever medaled in the slalom, and two are twins. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know... Perfect. My bro, you know, my brother and I could be doing so much more than beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> There's a lot of potential, and it was never realized. <laughs> Exactly. Mike, what do you got? Anything? I, um, admittedly, I'm not a big Olympics watcher, uh, but. You're not from the Soviet Union, are you? I must see your your papers. No, uh, that's Germany. But, um, so I remember vividly uh, watching in 1998 uh, Nagano uh, when Herman Meyer. Uh, was skiing the Super G and just like was going 25 miles an hour, which just looked like he was a Ferrari, just like shooting down the side of a mountain and then lost his edge. And good God, he got caught up and it was hurt. And it was, I mean, I know I joked earlier about like wanting it to happen, but I, sure. I, remember, just, I remember just being like, oh my God, like this guy, I think I just watched someone die. Sure. Um, and it was it was a powerful moment. And I still watch, hoping to see the same thing the, yeah. to this day. <laughs> well, the are coming up on the third. We're having so much fun, we might have to do a second episode. But well, we move to question six, which is pick your favorite song and or band and tell us why the song is a great Olympic song. You know, T.D. Whitman, you, you've chosen the band Europe? Yeah, so the, the question, to be totally upfront and honest here, the question was a band or song that you love, and, and I don't. I don't love the band. I don't love the song. But I think it's a really, I think it'd be a really good, upbeat Olympic theme song. And the first verse, if you listen to it, it could be about several Olympic sports, possibly. Um, You know, uh, like ski jumping especially, which I specialized in tonight. Um, Countdown? The final countdown, yeah. So, um, and then the second verse is, you know, like 80s cocaine fever dreams about flying to Venus and stuff. But, but you know, if you just disregard that, it would, I think it, I think it could work. Sure. I think it could work. So I thought it, I thought it was a good choice. Papa Gates, do you have anything? Yeah, I got two. I'm going to go with you uh, 2 though. Um, the title, or not the title, the opening track from Unforgettable Fire, A Sort of Homecoming. Um, just has really neat driving beat, great drums. It opens with the lyric, uh, and you know it's time to go through the sleet and driving snow across the fields of morning to a light that's in the distance. So just that kind of sets the tone and just the just the driving beat of it and Bono's vocal, I think it's just a nice kind of set the mood.
for the Winter Olympics. Sort of homecoming, you too. I like it. Mikey D? So I got two. My, my first one was uh, to continue with the Jamaican bobsled theme. I was going to go with um, Toots and the Maytals and Pressure Drop, just because, you know, low pressure brings in good snowstorms. <laughs> <laughs> but nice. then I was consulting with my um, my creative team before the pot the, the recording here. That's my kids. <laughs> uh, that's pretty lame. That. So they came up with a better one, which is uh, "All I Do Is Win" by DJ Khalid and Snoop Dogg. Oh, <laughs> nice. That one off. It's, it's, it's pretty rocking. I think if you're on the podium and you're playing "All I Do Is Win," you're gonna bring the house. Is it explicit? I'm sure. It is. <laughs> Safe bet. Yeah. Arroni, what do you got? I, I used my creative talents out elsewhere this podcast. I, I really didn't come up with anything, but I was thinking something Jamaican for the Jamaican bobsled sure. team. And then I also had like Lionel Richie's Endless Love. For, like, <laughs> from uh, Happy Go. Or not Happy Go. Yeah, it's Happy, happy Go. Yeah. So it's, but that, that's where my mind was going, but I, I think I missed the target here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going Eminem, Lose Yourself. Oh, oh nice. You know, you're. Uh, you're uh, your knees are weak, mom. You vomit on your sweater, mom's spaghetti. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only line I know. But the riff is outstanding <laughs> and it's somehow motivating mm. to me. So sure. that's what I'm going with. Yeah, good, good. Lee, uh, I think mine ties in with TD's event. Uh, it, it seemed like a no brainer to me. And somebody might be talking about him later. Uh, Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller Band. Sure. Seemed to be an, a go to for the ski jump event. I, I chose the Beastie Boys, you gotta fight for the right. You know, to Only. <laughs> you know, I don't care what country you're from. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Would lead us near the end of the podcast, guys, and the time machine question of the day is you take the time machine back in time to hang out and party with any past winter Olympian. Who would it be and why? Face, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Bodie Miller. And he, I believe he was a downhill skier, skier U.S. downhill skier. Pretty, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty recognized. But he was, uh, he's a man after my own heart. As the kids say, he, he liked to chirp a lot. And, but, but he was, but he could back it up too. Yeah. You know, he could drink and party all night and then he could, and then he could fly with, you know, with, with the best of them. Um, he's only, uh, he's only 44 years old now, so he's still young. He's actually he runs the ski program at Big Sky. Yeah, uh, and he ended up marrying a uh, a U Team USA volleyball player slash model. Mm. Um, I would talk if I was back in time. I would talk to him about birth control <laughs> and or a vasectomy because he's about to have his eighth child. <gasps> Whoa! Six with six with his current wife. His current wife is only 34 years old, and she's having six. He's had six kids, wow. and he's had two others with two other women before. So I would I would probably talk to him about world population those kind of things, <laughs> but he seems like a cool guy. And he narrates a bunch of Warren Miller films too. So he does. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool guy. Big Mike. All right, so I'm going Bruce Jenner. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> Wait, can you still say? Are you still allowed to say Bruce? This is a time machine, and I'm oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. There. It was Bruce. So we're going down there, and Wait. he seems like maybe he. <laughs> he seems like maybe a dude that had some interesting shit to say. And so had some stuff to unpack. Uh, maybe a fun guy to drink with, because you know he's got 
I don't know, stuff to say. So I think so, you had some stuff to pack. Or, or unpack. Either way, I'm hanging out with Bruce. It's going to be an interesting evening for TV. We're, we're not all getting in the time machine together. I just, uh, it's a lot. TV. So I'm going to go with uh, Klaus Bonsack, uh, who is an East German doubles loser. I'd like to trade my uh, uh, Bruce Jenner. Won, <laughs> won two gold medals with Thomas Kohler, uh, who was like the, the, like the first ever world-famous loser from East Germany, and he won gold medals on his own. This guy, Klaus, never won any on his own. Only when he was with the greatest loser in the world, which I can relate to. Sure. So here on Time Out with Patty C, I, I feel like I am kind of Klaus Bonsack. Like I, I'm nothing without the crew <laughs> and without the Patty C. The greatest podcaster. Right. I'm, I'm the, right. Exactly. Yes. So I only win gold. No. But I, you know, I just like to ask him, like, what's it like? you know, laying on another dude <laughs> in spandex going a hundred miles an hour down the course. Like, and, and I'm like, can I just say that luge seems like the dumbest thing ever doubles luge seems like yeah. the dumbest thing ever. It's like what we all did in sixth grade on the sledding hill, right? Let's pile a bunch of guys on here and see if we can get to the bottom or the best thing ever. Oh, it, well, it depends, right? If you're Bruce, <laughs> Well, he, he can go by himself, and so, he's called considered double so, luge. And I mean, but but who doesn't want to hang out with a guy who wore spandex for a living and sure. is named Bonsack? Right? I mean, like, so I just think that'd be a lot of fun. Bonsai Bonsack. That's a tattoo waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. TV bus. What do you got, Mikey D? I think the time machine is going to make two stops. So first, we're not going to go too far back. We're going to pick up Sean White. Not in his first Olympics, because he was only 13, but like when he was in his prime partying, because this is a question about who you want to party with. Yeah. Right. And then we're going to have to, you know, before the party gets too crazy, we're going to go back a little further. We're going to pick up Tanya Harding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went figure skating. Yeah. She was rough. And Jeff Galuli. Oh, yeah. The white trash of figure skating. <laughs> they're going to provide, provide us with security for you. <laughs> Sean White, we're going to paint that town red. We're going to Galuli everyone. <laughs> might, Tanya might be painting it with her husband. <laughs> Papa Gig, who do you got? I got a little theme going, but I'm going to pick up uh, Alberto Tamba. Um, I always think the those top downhill guys are like the sprinters in the Summer Olympics. They're kind of like the big dogs. They have a lot of that swagger and so on. Um, I definitely want a guy from outside the U.S. to just kind of expand my my social circle. And Tamba, boy, he, he knew how to party. Not that I'm in favor of womanizing or anything like that, especially in my current state, but uh, he was... Uh, Seems the ladies were always there. I found one quote by Tom, but I thought this was a good one, how he would cut back and kind of gear up for the Olympics. And he said, back in the day, he'd switch his party plans. So before the Olympics, it'd be three women until 5 a.m. But as it was getting closer to the Olympics, he had to get more sleep. So it was only five, it was five women until 3 a.m. <laughs> Sissy. So he sounds like a lot of trouble, and not that I'd go that way, but, you know, he's just, uh, you know, I think he'd bring a lot of life to the party. Sure, he certainly would. <laughs> Aroni, what do you have? Well, I'm going to bring a boombox with, with your song, Patty C., the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. And I want to go back to the communist block 
any communist person that got a gold medal, you know, because that night they earned their right to party. Sure. And so you know it was lights out going all night into the next day. They got their free pass until they had to get back to training. It's, it's no time. And so any communist that got a gold medal back in the, in the days of the communism. Nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that was it. That's a great episode 32. Real quick, under the gun. I'm telling you, does anyone have anything else to add? It was it was a it was a quick episode, but I'm telling you, I learned a lot. I can't wait for the Olympics on the third. I think we might have to do a part two. Agreed. Agreed. There's a lot of information and, in a short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And, and some live stuff. Like we could do one like after a couple days and say, can't believe you missed and, the game. And and I, I would like to I would like to challenge Big Mike that like the fun the fun of the Winter Olympic like I don't really look forward to anything in the Winter Olympics but if you just turn it on you're like you know what this is bizarre and I'm enjoying it All right, I'll give, give it, a it shot. just give it a try I'll and then we shot. can we can debrief All right, All right. yeah so let's all say goodbye Dad this is Patty C checking out face peace out goodbye everyone stay warm all until next time. Papa Gig saying enjoy the Olympics. I know I'm looking forward to it. All right, so Mikey D, he, he, he stood up, so we'll just wait for him. Or I could, I could. Oh, this is good for a podcast because like people will just, they'll just, just wait. I could, I could pretend to be Mike. Go ahead, you go ahead. All right, this is Mike signing off. Good night, everyone. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>